morning, church. Um, like Pastor Mark said, my name's Josiah Backley. I'm one of the youth pastors here uh, in the Faribault campus, and I am so excited to be giving you, uh, bringing the word this morning. Before we get started, I want to honor a few people. Uh, I want to honor Pastor Rob and Becca Ketterling, our lead pastors, um, just for speaking life in, into this church and into uh, my life personally. So thank you um, to Pastor Rob and Becca. Thank you to uh, Pastor Mark and Jamie, our campus pastors. Come on, give it up for Pastor Mark and Jamie. They're incredible leaders. They love this church. Their heart is literally for this church and for this city. And, and the same people uh, that you see on Sundays, you see on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're the same people. And so they're just so genuine, and we love you. Courtney and I love you, so thank you. And then the last person I want to honor is my wife, Courtney, over there. She is, yeah, give it up for Courtney. She's an incredible person. She's my better half, and she's just amazing. So thank you for supporting me. Um, all right, let's get into the word. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. And the story of the Good Samaritan, there's a lot of judgment going on there. There's a lot of overlooking. And so I, I thought it'd be fun to kind of think about a few things that uh, we judge on in life, right? So how about this? Walmart and Target. You either love Walmart or you love Target, right? Me personally, I love Walmart. Courtney loves Target. If she could, she would probably move there, okay? Uh, another one, iPhone and Android. You're either an iPhone person or an Android person, right? Uh, and then the last one I want to talk about is this. This one, get ready. Vikings or Packers? Ooh, I know, I know. And if, if you pick Packers, I'm judging you on the inside just a little bit, all right? But uh, let's, uh, let's get into the word, all right? Lord, we just thank you for this for this message. We just pray, Lord, that um, you touch the hearts of these people listening, and, and we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you take over, and that this is your word, and I'm just delivering the message, and we just thank you for uh, doing a mighty work today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Um, so there's going to be a picture up on the screen, and it's going to kind of give you a little insight as to what we're talking about here. That right there is uh, the road, the road down to Jericho, and that's where this story is kind of taking place. And in Luke 10, 30 through 37, Jesus replied with the story. Uh, uh, before, we, before we get into that, let me give you a little context. So Jesus is talking to a few people um, about uh, all sorts of stuff and about loving your neighbor. And there's this, this lawyer who thinks he knows it all. And he's like, I know everything about the law. And so he wants to challenge Jesus. And he's like, well, Jesus, uh, what exactly do you mean by neighbor, you know? Uh, because, I mean, is it someone close to you, or, or what do you mean by neighbor? What do you mean by love your neighbor? And so he kind of challenges Jesus. So Jesus, in, in verse 30 through 37, says, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that does not sound good. Left him half dead. Half dead is just about dead. Okay, so not a good situation for this, for this Jew. 
Uh, in verse 31, by chance, a priest came along, a priest or a pastor. All right, this guy's in good hands, right? But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Now, I would like to think that a priest or a pastor wouldn't do that, but he did. Okay, so then a temple assistant or a Levite walked over and looked at him lying there. But he passed him by on the other side too. This guy's 0 for 2. It's not looking very good for him. Two people passed him by, and he's probably sitting there bleeding out, saying, I really hope the third time's a charm. And then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and probably some essential oils. That doesn't say that in there, but I'm guessing there is probably some. Uh, and they bandaged him up. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, Take care of this man. If, this, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. So he basically said, put it on my tab. Now, which of these would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. The title of my message today is Define Neighbor. Because I think so many times in life, we tell God that same phrase. We say, we know that God says, love your neighbor, but this guy over here bugs me, and this guy over here annoys me, and this guy over here doesn't think the way I think, and this guy over here, he doesn't vote for the person I vote for. So really, God, define neighbor. And so that brings me to my first point I want to talk about. Never think what's below you is beyond you. When the Samaritan walked up to the man, the Jew, laying on the side of the road. He had to have that mindset. Never think what's below you is beyond you. In Matthew 7, 1 through 3, it says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. See, Church, when you see people praising God, don't make the mistake of thinking that they've got it all together and that they've never experienced pain. Maybe they're praising God because on the other side of their pain is purpose. It's not that we never feel pain. It's that the pain gets us through the other side, right? The pain gets us to the other side. Our faith gets us through our pain. And pain has the potential to turn into power. It does. You don't have to look very far to see that. Just take a trip to the cross and the grave. The cross held the pain that turned into an empty grave because the pain of heaven turned into the power of the resurrection. See, Jesus dealt with pain, but he turned it into the power of the res resurrection. He didn't stay sitting on the cross. He got up because of the power. And you see, judging people can happen in many different ways. It doesn't just happen racially or politically. Judging someone is when you put yourself in the judge's seat or the jury box. But unless you are a judge, you shouldn't be walking around judging people. And if you are an actual judge in here, please don't raise your hand. Just let's not ruin my sermon, okay? Thank you. Just sit on those hands. Uh, but seriously, have you ever made up your mind on how God can bless and who God can bless and when God can bless? 
So many times I feel like we do that. And, and maybe, maybe it looks like, uh, like this here. Maybe this book represents someone's life. And we just rip some pages out of someone's life. And, and maybe we, we're like, yeah, but they, they act a little strange. And they, they struggle with this. And they're just not all there. And, you know, they're, they're just not a good person. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're just ripping pages out of their book. And you haven't actually read their whole story. You haven't actually seen everything in their book because you're too busy judging them. And you're too busy ripping out pages in their life. And maybe if you would take time to actually get to know them instead of judging them, you would understand why they are the way they are. And you could love on them because they're your neighbors. Amen? Come on, we all know people that judge. Maybe someone comes into church and God wants to bless them as they worship, but they can't get past the fact that the worship leader has holes in their jeans. Well, maybe God was trying to show them how holy the worship leader was, right? Maybe God was trying to show them how holy the worship leader was. So uh, please don't judge because it doesn't get us anywhere. See, I'm not only grateful for what God did do, I'm also grateful for what God didn't do. Every time I messed up, he didn't abandon me. Every time I messed up, he didn't leave me on the side of the road. Every time I messed up or I struggle, he doesn't leave me there, and he doesn't leave you there either. He walks with us. He talks with us. He's there for us. And when we fall to the ground just like the Jew, he picks us up. That's who our God is. The second thing I want to talk about is this. Be willing to be inconvenienced. Be willing to be inconvenienced. The Samaritan had to be inconvenienced to show love to his neighbor. He had to be. In Luke 15, 1 through 5, it says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. At Chick-fil-A. Uh, so Jesus told them the story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will you do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. See, Jesus walks towards the broken. He does. And I can't help but think about it in my life. If my kids ever got caught up in some foolishness, I'm running to them. No matter what they do, no matter where they are, I'm running to them. Because, you see, I, I carried them and held them at night when they were crying. I fed them when they were hungry. I worked to put clothes on their back. And God's the same way. God says, I created you in my image. I loved you. I died on the cross for you. And if you're down and out, if you're, if you're stuck and in a rut, I'm running to you. And God does that every time. If we're struggling, if we're, if we're needing a, a lift, God runs to us because he's our father. That's the father we serve. That's the God we serve. And you see, in Luke 15, 1 through 5, it talks about God eating with the, the sinners but listen, your caring does not mean you are condoning. 
It doesn't. Your caring does not mean you're, you're condoning. And I think oftentimes in life we think, well, I can't talk to them or I can't hang out with them because then what will people think of me? They'll think I'm like them. No, we need to be more like Jesus and we need to love on people. We need to be there for people because the people are hurting and they need someone to be their neighbor. Jesus cares so much he went to dinner with people and they thought because he dined with them, he was like them. But he wasn't. But I'm so glad Jesus chooses to touch dirty things. So glad he chooses to touch dirty things. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't walk by me. Because that Jew that was laying there on the side of the road, it could have been any one of us. And Jesus, when he sees us on the ground, he doesn't choose to walk by us. He chooses to get on his hands and knees and lift us up and say, I'm here for you. I love you. I died for you. That's the God we serve. And you see, nowadays there's so many things that can get in our way of loving our neighbor. There's this thing called social media. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but uh, it's kind of a big deal in today's day and age. And uh, so many times you see people gossiping on social media. You see people judging other people on social media. And basically what you see is people not loving their neighbor. And, and oftentimes you see that, and if, if you're not careful, you can get caught up in that. You can get caught up in that, and the reality of it is we need to tell the, the world, forgive me if I don't respond to your Facebook post right now. I'm over here trying to stop some bleeding in a person laying on the ground. If your neighbor's on the ground, if your neighbor needs help, help them. Don't worry about gossip on social media. Don't worry about that. That stuff is, is garbage. This is what matters. The people that are hurt, the people that might be depressed, the people that might be, uh, have anxiety in their life, the people that might be fearful for, for this world and what's, what it has to offer. We need to be loving on people. That's what we need to be doing. But I think oftentimes, you know, people say, well, yeah, we all have struggles, but I'm not cool with these struggles over here, or I'm not cool with those struggles. But you see, when your Jesus only died for what you're cool with, you got the wrong Jesus. Because Jesus died for all sin. Jesus died for everyone's struggles. Jesus died for everyone's mistakes. And it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter where you're going. Jesus said, I took care of it on the cross, and it is finished. That's the God we serve, and that's how you love your neighbor, just the same way Jesus loves you. The third thing I want to talk about is this. The third and final thing, the church should always be open. The church should always be open. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. See, in this story with the Good Samaritan, the church is the inn. He brought the Jew to the inn to get healed. He brought the Jew to the inn to get restored. That's the church. We need our doors open to the hurting and the broken. 
Because, you see, church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for the broken. People are broken out there. People are lost. People are dying. And they need to come into a hospital. They, and some of them might not feel like they can come in here because they feel like, I have to be perfect to come in here. I have to have it all together to get in here. But we need to show the church that, no, we need to show people that this is a hospital. And you can come in here. And you might come in here with a limp. That's okay. Limp on in here. You might come in here with a wound. You might come in here with blood dripping down. That's all right. Come on in here. Come on in here. This is where you get healed. That's what we need to do. We love our neighbor and know that this is where they need to be. This is the place they need to be. See, these innkeepers weren't the best kind of people. They weren't. They didn't have it all together. Isn't that like the church? We don't have it all together. Sometimes we just show up. And that's all we can do, and God can do the rest. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. Sometimes I can't even find the box. But I'm so gl glad God chooses to use me even when I'm broken. I'm so glad. See, generosity is one of our core values in this church. And it doesn't have to do with just money. Being generous with your time and resources is not just something, something for you. It's not just something from you, but it's, it's to get something to you and through you. Being generous is to get something to you and through you. We need to be generous to our neighbor. We need to love our neighbor. In the Good Samaritan, he gave the inn innkeeper permission to care. He brought the Jew in and he said, Take care of them. And I can't help but imagine that the innkeeper was probably, he probably had some questions as he carried him in. You know, he's probably saying to the Samaritan, well, what happened to him? He said, just take care of him. Well, what's his nationality? Take care of him. Yeah, but who did he vote for? Take care of him. Permission to care. And that's our job, is we need to care for people. Stop asking questions about who they are, what their background is, who they voted for, all that stuff. Just take care of them. Someone could come up to me and they could say, Josiah, I respect you. You're a good man. I'd do anything for you. But if my kid ever needed something, needed a favor, and if they said, no, I'm not going to help you out, I'm not going to be there for you, that would hurt me. Because if you love the Father... You love what the Father loves. And I think so many times in life, we say, God, I love you. But I don't love them. God, I love you. But I don't want to talk to them. And I think God is saying, if you love the Father, you love what the Father loves. Love your neighbor. See, he told the innkeeper, whatever else you spend, 
I'll pay the bill. When the church takes care of the hurting, God will always repay. He'll always repay. Loving people is not a game, it's our aim. This life we live, it's not a game. We need to consistently say, every day when we wake up, it is our aim to love people. It is our aim to show them the love of Christ, no matter what they look like, no matter how they talk, no matter uh, anything, no matter what their background is, love them. The church should be messy. Why? Because people are messy. And it's okay if our church gets messy. It's okay if people come in here and their sin gets all over the seats. That's what the blood of Jesus is for. It's okay. So church, never think what's below you is beyond you. Always look for the hurting. Be willing to be inconvenienced. Be willing to go out of your way to love your neighbor. And remember, the church should always be open to the broken and the lost. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We just thank you for this word. We just pray right now, Lord, that this word will change lives. We pray that this word will change the people around us. We pray, Lord, that through this word, we will get a better understanding on how to love our neighbors the way you love because we want to be just like you. We just pray this and ask this in your name. Amen.